Hello, everyone, and welcome along to Northumberland FA podcast from the sidelines. Um, today's special guest, Brooke Cochran from Newcastle United Women. Uh, Brooke's the, the captain of the team. Uh, and the topic we're going to talk about today is player to coach. Uh, so thanks for joining us today, Brooke, uh, to discuss your journey uh, as a player and now into, into coaching as well as playing. Uh, can you just explain to everyone uh, what you're doing at present, both playing and your current coaching role? Um, yeah, so I currently obviously play for Newcastle United Women's Football Team, um, captain of the Newcastle United Women's Football Team. I also coach and head Borden Juniors Girls Football Team. So we've got um, two under eight teams, under nine teams and under tens team, um, which I oversee all four of them. And I lead coach on three of them. As well as that, I work for Newcastle United Foundation. But Alongside that, I also coach on the Girls Player Development Centre on a Friday night, as well as working on different football development centres throughout the programmes that Newcastle's got going on. Fantastic. So you sound busy. Yes. Currently do not have a life. <laughs> <laughs> My life is literally a ball. <laughs> um, Brooke, going back to when, when you first started playing football, how did you get involved and where did it all start? Um, born and bred in Blythe, so started in Blythe Town. Um, my dad seen an advertisement in the News Post Leader for Blythe Town looking for girls to go and play along football. Always played with the boys, so knocked around with the lads in my street, always on the top field playing with them, played with them at school. Um, so he took us along for, they had like open trials in the summer, I think it was. Went along for my first training session. I remember it like it was yesterday on a random field in Coopin. Um, surrounded by like people walking dogs. The field was horrific, but it was great. I loved it. So I started there with Blythe Town when I was about 10 um, and followed right through. So played under 12s, under 14s, under 16s. But when I was in the under 16s, I was also playing under 14s at the same time because I could play under 14s on a Saturday, under 16s on a Sunday. Um, and that's when... The Centre of Excellence came about, which are kind of known as the RTCs now in girls football. Um, but at the time, you could play for a Centre of Excellence, so train with the Centre of Excellence through the week, but play for your grassroots club yeah. on a weekend. Um, and then when I turned like 14, it's when Centre of Excellence kind of took control, so you couldn't play for both. Um, and at the time, that's when half of our team, so we were playing under 16s, went to Sunderland, Centre of Excellence, and half our team went to Newcastle Centre of Excellence and our Blytown team kind of folded, which is crazy to think because the team that I was playing for at the time, so many of those players now are playing for Man City, Man United, they're in the England set-up. Um, and it was a great team, like it was a great club to be part of, but it just proves to everyone around, especially in Blythe, playing at a grassroots football club still means you can meet those expectations and you can still push that to where you want to be. Um, especially within the England team, look at all the Northeast players that have come from grassroots clubs. Um, so, yeah, then I was in the Centre of Excellence. Um, broke into the first team when I was 17. Um, went to Wales with them, played in a tournament there. Played with the development team until I was 18 and I left. Um, kind of fell out of love with football a little bit when I was in college. Um, left and went to Whitley Bay. Played at Whitley Bay for five years, fell in love with football again. And then 
Oh, what happened? Yeah, we lost you for a bit. You just want to continue. <laughs> what did you get us up to? You were Whitley Bear. Yes, I was at Whitley Bear for five years. Fell in love with football again, playing against Newcastle, local rivals, enjoyed it. Um, and then went back to Newcastle about six, seven years ago. Got made captain halfway through my first season. Um, and still there to this day, still playing, still trying to play, um, still leading the team out. So that's my playing and career. And obviously for how you're involved at the minute, especially going into coaching, a big passion for the game still, Brooke? Oh, absolutely. Like, I've, my outlook's very much changed now, um, probably with the age that I'm at as well. So obviously I lived for playing football, it's all I wanted to do. Um, but a big thing for me now, is, as much as I'm proud to wear Newcastle United badge and walk out as the captain, a big thing for me is even when I work in schools or I'm delivering to grassroots teams, my Buridan teams, like I love seeing their faces and the impact that I can have on their lives just being a Newcastle United player. Um, but like actually getting on the pitch with them and coaching them, like I love nothing more than seeing how happy they are to be training and playing with the ball or how buzzing they are for a game on a Saturday. Like it's all I want to do. So with my four teams, three that I mainly coach, like they live and breathe football. It's all they want to do. But when they first came to visit our Wildcat Centre, there were dancers. And that's all they wanted to do. Like they couldn't kick a ball to save their lives. But like now, all they want to do is wear a football strip. They don't want to do dancing. They've stopped that. Like as much as I would love them to continue doing that, because I think it's great. All they want to do is play football and come and watch me play on a Sunday. And I think that's my go-to now. Like that's what I love about the game is... The, how influential we are to grassroots players and the younger generation. And I think it's massive for them now of all of the pathways that's there for them and the things that they can go and do. Because when I was younger, it was very minimal, but now it's massive and they can go and do anything they want. And I think grassroots football probably shapes people, the player that they become because of what they play, how they play, the different scenarios they're in. And I still speak to a lot of people that I play grassroots football with and they're probably like the people that they play with now will be friends for their life and people yeah. always remember and I think football's a big thing so like yeah I play for Newcastle now but it doesn't matter what club you travel to I know someone in every single club that we play against through playing football either whether it's grassroots or play, being at Newcastle when I was at college or university so you make friends for life not just where you're from all over the country yeah yeah, you, you you touched on it just before there, Brooke, around the role that the, the grassroots clubs play in the in the pathway for players um, like yourself. And when, when you when we we'll go back and think about Blythe Blythe Town, where you started, um, you know one one um, female player that sticks out in my is Lucy Bronze, who you know started her started her football career off there, and has obviously gone on England and. You know, you can go on uh, the games that she's played and, and where she's ended up. So, you know, how important is it that, you know, we've got these uh, opportunities within grassroots and within the, the, the Wildcats programme for girls to take part and have these opportunities to start off on that, on that plane? Journey? I think it's huge. Like, I think, if, for example, if you look at Lucy Bronze and you've got Lucy Stanfast as well, who's at Man United involved in the England setup. Demi Stokes, who was playing for Bolden, um, Jordan Nobbs, who was at Norn and Stockton, like they're all local grassroots clubs. And I think playing at a grassroots club, it gives you a bit of edge. So you can go to a regional talent centre or 
PDC or uh, Centre of Excellences and it's all very technical and ball on the floor, like how many touches, like what can you do with the ball? But I think playing grassroots football, it, it gives you a bit of edge of, you get more passion from it because you're doing it for the club that you love. You're doing it from where you're from, your family there supporting you and it's, it's your club. Um, and it's something you go back to school and you talk about and all your friends play for like your rival clubs against you. So Blythe Town, you've got Blythe Rangers, you've got Blythe Spartans and all your friends can play for different clubs. But it's the rival of going there on a Saturday and playing against your friends, but then talking about it at school on, on a Monday. Um, and playing at Centre of Excellence or a regional talent centre, like it's an amazing opportunity, but it's very you're very unlikely you'd go to school on a Monday and be able to have a bit of crap with your mates about yeah. the game that you've just played on a Saturday. Um, but grassroots as well, like it's very personal, isn't it? Like personal level. So my under-10s team now, I've had them since they were five years old. Do you know what I mean? And you watch them grow as people as well as a yeah. player. Um, the things that they can do now, like I get amazed on a Saturday just watching them play. Yeah, we might have done some on training through the week or wherever they've been, but they do something on a Saturday. It might not be a goal, it might not be anything to do with the game. It's something that they do. I celebrate it like it's a goal because it's like a personal achievement for them. Mm -hmm. And I think at grass, with grassroots football, it's just that extra bit of touch. Um on a personal side for a player that all players need at such a young age. And I think a big thing is it's fun. They enjoy it. Yeah. They have smiles on their faces and it doesn't matter whether you can dribble a ball and go and score 10 goals or if you, if you can't even dribble past a cone because at the, by the end of the session, you're smiling, you're sweating and you, you've loved it and you can't wait to be back there next week and they just make you feel comfortable. Yeah, so, so you you started a Wildcats programme at Borodin, did you say? Yeah, yeah I did. I think, I, was it about two, three years ago I started? Um, yeah. When I first went to Borodin, I, I had like a, I started from under, I had an under 12s team and I took them through to under 16s. Um, and they were only the only girls team in Borodin. Um, and then obviously I played on a Sunday, so couldn't take them to lead, like a ladies league. Um, and they all had different things go on. So they kind of went off the different routes. Um, so I had to start fresh. So I was like, well, we'll start a Wildcat session um, through Nicola Hepworth, who worked at Northumberland FA at the time. Got in touch with her. She was like, right, help set it all up. Um, and we had like 30 kids come to this Wildcat session. It used to be on a Saturday morning. Um, and then from that, I started off like an under eight team who were, they were kind of under sevens, but though there was only under eight league that they could go into. And the rest still done a Wildcat on a Saturday. Um, and then from that, obviously, now we've got four teams, um, which is under 10s, which was started like three years ago, which were under eight, under nines, and that's two under eights teams now. Um, but it's definitely been beneficial for Buridan because Buridan never had any girls' teams. It was very yeah. men's football, boys' football club until I came in and said, like, got the girls going. Um, and now, like they're, they're pushing to have a girls section in every age group, and they're doing quite well. Like it's working, and you've got to start from the bottom to get to the top. And obviously, it was hard. It was hard for me going from coaching under sixteens to coaching five year olds. It was a bit of a shock to the system, um, but I couldn't recommend it enough because it's probably changed the way I coach massively, um, and it's really enjoyable. And Borden's they're doing the right thing but like there's so many grassroots clubs that are doing it like look at Cramlin United they've and Cramlin Town like they've got club they've got kids from every age group and 
so many Wildcats to do the just play sessions for women that have never played before. You've got all clubs are doing it. Walls End, they've got a great grassroots setup as well. Um, but I definitely fully recommend, especially for little girls, joining a Wildcat session to get into football. Yeah, lots of benefits there for clubs that possibly haven't uh, gone down that route yet, but are possibly thinking about mm-hmm. it. Even just for the social impact of it, really. Yeah. Um, especially after COVID, with having so many kids not doing anything. It, it, and I see it in schools now, like working schools Monday to Friday, teaching PE. And there's so many kids that have had a, it's had a massive effect, COVID, on their physical ability, their social ability. Going to a Wildcat session, doesn't even matter if you can't kick a ball, you just have a laugh, you play tagging games, just all the fundamental movements, getting it back into their system that they've probably missed out for mm-hmm. two years. Um, and making different friends, I, I, I think that's the biggest thing for me, going and doing something that you love, having fun, but making, making friends that you can go mm-hmm. and play with whenever you want. Absolutely, totally agree. Um, Brooke, going back to you now, uh, current captain, captain at uh, Newcastle United Women, uh, how do you find being a leader of the team? Uh, and is that something that comes natural to you or you know, you've know you had to work at that? Um, I, I like to talk a lot, so probably <laughs> it probably comes natural and it probably comes from my environment that I've grown up in. Um, so my dad is probably the loudest person I've ever met. Um, so to be heard in a room, you had to be louder than him. So that's probably where it came from. Even when I was young playing football, like it doesn't matter who was shouting or telling you what to do anything, and all you could hear was my dad's voice. Um, so that's probably, it came from him. And the way that I've probably been brought up as well, being a leader, I'm, I've got two sisters, so I'm the oldest sister. Um, but then it, it kind of probably came more from when I was at Whitley Bay. So obviously left Newcastle. Went to Whitley Bay and we had a brilliant team, loved it. Um, but I was the youngest at the time. Um, and those players around us who had all played at higher levels, some had played at England, everything, they they made me probably the person I am today in the sense of the brought us out my shell, mm. um, brought us out my comfort zone and allowed us to be the person that I, I can be, um, pushed us in the right direction, made us speak out, probably pulled us when I wasn't doing my job. Um, and that's probably a big part of my game today in the sense of I talk non-stop for 90 minutes and I coach through the game. So we've got a lot of young players that play for us now. So if I, for example, Georgie Nesbragen, who's come to us from the RTC, if she plays on the right wing in front of me, I speak to her non-stop throughout the game, like go narrow, be wide, on your left, on your right. like, And I speak to every single player across the board of the pitch, like constantly and it helps me in the sense of the way that I'm playing because if I know everyone in front of us is doing their jobs, it makes my job ten, ten times easier. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, probably being a leader is an easy thing, but I think through co- from coaching to help that as well because delivering and talking to kids, if you, if you can talk to a bunch of kids, you can probably talk to anybody comfortably. Um, and being a captain, you, you've got to do that. You Like a quiet captain probably doesn't... You could have a brilliant player as your captain, who could be a mute on the pitch and they're not going to make a stand. No one's going to look at them. But yeah, they'll look at their playing ability, but that's all that they can do. And that probably came from Whitley Bay as well. So Steph Ord was captain and I was vice captain. One of my best friends, she'll openly say she's very, very quiet on the pitch, but a brilliant player. So I'd done all of her talking. I'd done all the team talks. I'd done all the huddles. I'd done all the social arrangements, everything. 
and she kind of just done the stuff on the pitch. Um, so from that, it's probably taught us a big thing of leading. I think if you can be a voice as well, it makes the rest of your team feel more comfortable. There's nothing worse than having a team of mutes. Like if you're not talking to each other, you're probably never going to get anywhere. And I think that's big within Newcastle now. Um, yeah, we've got a young team, minus me and Shorty, but everybody speaks to each other from front to back now. And it's probably brought the younger players who have come through from an RTC out of their comfort zone. But when they first came, they probably they wouldn't speak. But now they have to speak. They've got no choice about speaking. And it, it changes the dynamics of a team. Um, so there can be one captain who's a leader. But at the end of the day, like you want a team of leaders. Um, and I think that's what we've currently got at the minute is a team of leaders. And yeah, you've got your hierarchy of the team, but there's not a person on that pitch or a person in our squad that wouldn't stand up and have that, that opinion voiced. Mm. Yeah, you, you, you talk about role models, isn't it? And you're obviously a role model out there on the pitch. And that, has that helped you when you've gone into your, your coaching as a role model within the within the uh, foundation when you go into schools and when you're at Burridan with the girls section? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I probably like since going to the, working at the foundation, I never realised just how much of a role model we are. Um, so, like, going into a school just to deliver a P lesson, kids will come up to us and go, I watched you play at the weekend, and I've got no idea who they are. Like, and I think it's amazing. It's, it shocks us every single time. I laugh. Like, I find it crazy. Um, but girls football especially, like, it's it's funny. So, one of my, my under-9s team, but we're an under-9s team, I've got four players who also play in the PDC at Newcastle. So, they are the under-9s, and I coach the under-11s. And they're all, like, mini Brooks. So I actually have a book that plays for the girls' team, but they all now have every single Newcastle kit. They all have the training kit. They have the waterproof. They've got the same boots as us. They wear the same gloves. <laughs> like It's like turning around and just seeing a long line of mini books, which is, it's mad to think that I've had the effect of they just want to be me. Um, and I, it's great like it's because I didn't probably have a female role model. Um had male role models and my family were my role models and stuff like that. But in like out and out female role model, I didn't really have one at my age when mm. I was young and when I was their age. And I think for them, there's so many of them, whether it's Newcastle, Sunderland, Durham, Middlesbrough, there's so many role models within the Northeast for grassroots football. Um, and I want to do them a good, a, like a good service. So whenever I step onto the pitch, whatever mascot I'm walking out with, I'm doing it for them because they're sat watching. They think everything we do is amazing. Um, and if you can lead your team on the pitch, that makes them want to go and lead their team out on the pitch. Um, and if you do something great, like if you celebrate with them, it's like the 12th man, isn't it? That people talk about your fans. And I think for Newcastle United women at the minute, like our fans are a massive, massive, massive part of our journey. We've got so many fans that travel to away games. Went at Bradford yesterday. We've got young girls walking out with Bradford as their mascot, saying that they support Newcastle. So in Bradford strips, wear Newcastle scarves, wanting to talk to us. Want... And it's just crazy because we're not just influencing the players, that the young children that's around us in the northeast or in Newcastle or our local towns. We're influencing young girls all over the country. And yeah, we play tier four football, tier three football. It's still a massive impact on grassroots children. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, like in being an influential player 
a person as well, like just getting to know people on a personal level. So I can, I, when I go coaching and stuff like that, like I try not to even speak about football as much, just speak about them, like what they've done, what they've been doing at school, what was their best part of their day. Like, yeah, we're there to train and play football, but I think getting to know them and having that personal effect through grassroots football and getting them to know them as a person as well as a player probably is the most influential thing because that's the thing that they're going to remember more yeah. than anything is that they took an interest in me and not just what I can do on the pitch. Mm. Yeah, you sound like you're doing an amazing job, Brooke. Um, <laughs> getting, going um, back to uh, the women's team and we did a podcast with Betty and Lloyd uh, just before Christmas. Um, how's their coaching and support helped yourself and the team um you know as you're moving forward here in the recent of recent months within newcastle yeah yeah um massively like fair play to both of them they've massively changed you like the team that we're in at the minute um so about three years ago maybe two years ago when i got injured i wasn't really there but i was watching and i was watching on the sidelines and team wasn't in the best place yeah we had some brilliant players but we just weren't clicking um, the dimensions weren't there the environment probably wasn't there um, and then during COVID things were put in place of becoming a full team and having a sports psychologist having um, a sports nutritionist having all the right things were there in place ready for when we come out of COVID to go um, and Becky, Lloyd, Tom all everyone together they're coaching now probably shaped us in the way that we are as a team. We'll look at things in different ways. Um, we do like out of possession, in possession. We do different sessions that focus on things that we are already good at as a team, but probably push us out of our comfort zones of how we can be better as a team, put us in different environments of that we might not like doing, but there's a reason behind why we do it. Um, even like just passing around mannequins who... Yeah, they're not moving, but it's all our technical ability. If you get your technical ability right, you're going to pop it around teams on a Sunday. Um, but for me, as a player, it's been massive. I'm probably like, for me, I'm the most comfortable I've probably ever been playing football. Um, and I trust myself as well as everyone on the team through their coaching ability of knowing it doesn't matter if something goes up, not going our way, we're going to get it back. So, for example, yesterday we were winning 1 0, conceded. I think it was like in the second minute of half time, but there's not been a time this season where I've actually thought we're going to get beat. And that comes from their coaching and their support of mm. understanding it doesn't matter what happens right now. By the end of this 90 minutes, we'll win this game. And we did, we won 6 1. Do you know what I mean? And it might have been like a kick that we needed just to get we're going again, but it's understanding the process of, yeah, right, okay, it's 1 1, but our transition needs to change now, how we're pressing needs to change. And we can do that with a flick of a switch. Um, and that's just coming from the understanding of the game, of the knowledge that they've got. And they've both got great knowledge from different experiences. So Lloyd was coaching in America. Becky has worked with Nottingham Forest. She's done, every, like, they've done loads of different things across the board, as well as Tom as well. And I think having knowledge from three different people, from loads of different backgrounds, has shaped us as a team and the way that we think about football and the way that we deliver on the pitch now. And that also helps me on a coaching side as well. So I now learn as a coach by being coached. So when I go to training on a week, 
ideas that they do with us, I take to strip back to do a grassroots. Yeah. And I think that's something that I'd say to any grassroots coach, if you can go and watch a session at any level, go and watch it because you're yeah. going to learn so much from it. And if, you, if you're not willing to go and watch a coach coach, you're not willing to give your team the best like path for them to, mm. to go down because for me a coach learns by watching other people coach or mm. you learn from being coached mm. um and I, that's massively helped me in coaching in the last two years is being coached by them mm. yeah brilliant obviously doing a great job at the minute with the way you're playing um your current role at the foundation uh how are you enjoying that now um and I suppose, how did you how did you get involved with coaching and your in your role at the foundation? So I'm currently now a project officer at Newcastle Foundation. Um, so my role's split. So two days a week I deliver classroom sessions for PSHE, and three days a week it's PE um, from morning till the end of school, and then obviously I work on the PDC as well. Um, I worked for Durham County Council about seven years ago doing exactly the same thing, teaching PE, and I, I'd done it for years. Um, then I went to work for Sunderland University as a sports development officer, and it was obviously working with people in university, the sports there and stuff like that. And I, kind of, I missed being in, being with a class, being with kids and watching them grow and seeing them deliver things in PE. Um, so an opportunity came up at the foundation, which I was unsure about at the time, but I thought... This is probably the right time to do it, especially after COVID, get back in it. And it's kind of brought a new release of life back into us because you get stuck in your ways. And when something becomes easy, you're not you're not learning yourself, you're not developing yourself. Um, so going back into schools with children has brought a release of life out into me, but it's also helping me develop as a person in learning about lots of different things in the sense of when kids have came back from COVID, how different they have became. So trying to get children out of their shells, trying to just get them to enjoy PE again, trying to get them not to want to sit down after 10 seconds of running. Um, so I love it. I, it's It's been great. And it helps as well with the sense of the women's team and promoting the women's team as well as going yeah. into schools and talking about the women's team and getting children to realise there's not just a Newcastle United men's team out there. Um, and once they get talking about it, so I'll always, they'll, they'll, they don't believe me, some of the kids, and like, you're not the captain of Newcastle. I'm like, I am. Google it. So then like, I'll come back the next day and they go, I Googled it and you are. I'm not lying about it. I wouldn't lie. But then just from them doing that, the amount of kids that have came from schools that are working to our games are massive. And now they're all talking about it. They're not just talking about the men's team. They'll, I'll go into a school and be like, oh, I've seen you play, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, like working at the foundation has been great. And it opens so many different opportunities and different pathways to go down. Um, and it's a great it's a great club to work for, um, and it's only going to get better and bigger. Yeah. What would you say your key attributes are within your current role? At the foundation or in Yeah, yeah. Um, at the foundation, with the schools that I work in, being a presence, um, being a presence in the hall or in the lunchtime, wherever they are, being a presence in the knowing I'm there, um, being fun. So making them laugh, um, getting right down into their level, if that makes sense. So not being someone that just stands over to them, um, telling them what to do. So I join in, 
make, make it fun, make them laugh, being a presence. Um, and just allowing them to be comfortable as well. So I feel like a big thing for me, I've got a lot of children with the children that I work with who I've got one child, especially who didn't really get involved in PE at all. Didn't really want to come into the hall. Didn't want to do anything. Then I got him to come into the hall and he'd just sit and watch. Um, but now he'll come in and he'll say, hey, Brooke, you're all right. And he'll, he'll have a conversation with us and he'll join in PE and he absolutely loves it. And I think that's, a big thing for me, just like being a player walking on the pitch with children, it's inspiring that next generation of getting people involved and doing something that mm. they love that they probably didn't even know they could love. Um, so, yeah, they're probably... Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Brooke, you, you, I mean, you say it yourself, you're out there in the community and you're constantly seeing your team members uh, on social media, uh, out in grassroots clubs, uh, promote Newcastle United women. Uh, how important do you think that is to promote the female game and, and to, to, to promote participation in the female game? It's absolutely huge, especially now, especially with how big the women's game is. Um, and like what you said before, just being influential and having role models. So we have so many grassroots clubs who come to the women's team and say, can we get player appearances and stuff like that? And I think it's good to get players to go to different clubs, grassroots clubs, even if it's that grassroots club that they once played for, for these kids to say, wow, that could be me one day. Um, getting them involved, getting them in the training sessions, having a kick about with them. Like the abs- kids love it. They thrive off it. Um, the kids thrive off nothing more than wanting to tackle an older person. So you give, take us, for example, if you took Katie Barker and you Fordley to the club that you came from, she joins in a training session. She's got the ball. She'd have 10 kids just wanting to kick her, but absolutely loving it and getting the ball off her. And I think it's something they'd constantly speak about. It's that experience. It's that memory that'll, that'll last a lifetime to them. Of, oh, I remember when that player came. Oh, I remember when I won the ball off her and I scored past her. It's something that, it's a long-lasting memory that they'll take home. They'll tell their parents about. They'll tell their family about. They'll tell the school about it. They'll tell all their friends and then I'll get their friends wanting to get involved. It's like, oh, they've been in touch with Newcastle United women's football team. I want to go. And it just then expands the, the girls' game and the women's game even bigger. Mm. Um, and look at where the women's game is now, how big it is, like all the WSL clubs, the Euros coming up, not just England, you've got Northern Ireland, you've got Scotland. It's massive. Um and for kids' football, and if we're doing our job just by going into schools and into grassroots club, by just getting them to enjoy it and getting them to want to be us, and when they're old enough, the sky's the limit because right now it's just going boom and it's going to go bigger and bigger. And that's what I say to all the young kids that I coach now, who I work with in schools, you can be whatever you want to be. Right now, I wish I was your age because the mm. opportunities are absolutely endless. And if you work hard, there's, there's no reason why you can't be anything you want to be. And us going into grassroots clubs proves that and shows them that and helps them push them probably even more in the direction they want to be. Yeah, I suppose at this exciting times ahead at Newcastle United, um, but even more so for yourselves, I uh, I saw last week uh, Amanda Stavely came out to introduce herself to you all. Uh, I mean, how exciting has that been involved with 
with that at this present time? Oh, it's huge. Like, and it's just it's just nice to be recognised, I guess. Because um, she didn't have to do that. Never happened before. Um, but it just adds a personal touch, doesn't it? In the sense of she took time out of her life and her schedule, which is probably the busiest schedule she's ever had right now, to come and sit down and have a conversation with us. Um, and it was it was like having a conversation with a friend. She's so down to earth and she's just a nice woman. She's a normal person. So the girls were really excited. Like, oh, my days, like Amanda Stavely's coming in to see us. But she come down, sat down, had a cup of tea and just spoke to us like a normal person. And it was great. And she's so invested as well as her husband, so invested in the women's team. Um, like he tw- every, every weekend, every game, he tweets us. Like it's never been known. Every Sunday without fail, you'll say good luck to us. And no matter the result, he'll tweet us after the game saying well done or whatever. And that just proves to us in the sense of that's a little thing of how much it's changed us and the way we're, we're looking at things in the sense of, God, like this could be going somewhere. Um, but it also, I think I, I said to the girls, and Becky's also said to the girls, yeah, but it's amazing, but you can't take too much from it. You've, you've got to focus on every training session and every game day. And when that happens, you take it all in and, and you enjoy it. But right now you focus on what your roles are and what your job are. Um, but it is a massive, massive time for Newcastle United as a club, as a women's team, coming together as one club, being united together. Um, and it is really exciting. Just wish I was 10 years younger. <laughs> Brooke, where do you see yourself in five years' time? Being a supporter. <laughs> um, yeah, supporting the team. Um, coaching, like following through with coaching, going further with my coaching. Um, and just enjoying watching it, really. Um, 30 this year, so not really planning and playing for much longer. Um, but I think for me as a person, being able to look back and seeing where the club's got to and like, I've stuck with I've stuck with Newcastle through the hardest of times. So I think I'm the only player that's left who was there seven years ago when it was in the worst case ever. And I'm still here now. So to say in a year, a couple of years' time, five years' time, to turn back and look at it and see how far they've come and know that I've been a part of it would be a big thing for me. Um and to be able to talk about it as well. Um but yeah, five years time, hundred percent supporting the team, watching them play and going further with my coaching. Brooke, thank you very much for giving up your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, wish you all the luck in the future um, with Newcastle United Women, uh, football and uh, on your coaching journey as well. Thanks, Brooke. Thank you.